Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips, and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. In this particular case, what you are about to hear is content from our career summit. Our career summit was a fantastic series of conversations all about not only how to find your dream job, the perfect opportunity to transition into clean energy as a career, but also how as an industry we can improve the concepts of hiring with justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. We had some amazing conversations around that and you're about to hear one of those right now. You can always find all of the resources and learn more about this episode over on the blog at mysuncast.com. But very special to this episode and related to the conversation that we're having is our dream job coaching program, which we call Mission Minded. You can learn more about that at events.mysuncast.com forward slash dream job. Now, obviously, we've put a lot of content together inside of that program are all of the episodes from our Suncast Career Summit. You can learn more about that at events.mysuncast.com forward slash dream job. For now, get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior, as we tune in to another powerful conversation here on Suncast. Thank you so much for being here with us as we explore how we can build a more diverse and inclusive workforce in clean energy and how you can make a career transition into clean energy as our guests today have done. I am joined here today with my colleague, uh, Glenda Johnson. Hey, Glenda, good to see you. Hey, how are you? I am fantastic, and I'm looking forward to this session. For those who uh, aren't familiar, Glenda handles our marketing and she also put the program together. So I'm going to give you at the end of our day to a golf clap <laughs> for putting together a fantastic program. You also just uh, did a really remarkable job in a conversation with uh, some industry leaders all about how to break through the glass ceiling. How was that session? That was a great session. I, I was I was talking to a few people already. There were a few mic drops on that session that a lot of takeaways. I, I wish I could have personally been on the attendee side taking notes. It would have been a little awkward if, if I was looking down and then jotting down some of those notes. But I will rewatch it too, and which all of us can also rewatch um, on LinkedIn and also as an all yeah. access or evergreen person, uh, evergreen past person. So yeah, excited to see the, the recap. Absolutely. And to, to your point, if you're not familiar and haven't registered, 
when you get to suncastcareersummit.com, you'll see three options. You can register as a free attendee, which gives you access to this and uh, other live sessions. We have one more live session tomorrow uh, on our case study program. Uh, and you can register as all access, I think for 35 bucks to get uh, access to the networking sessions and the workshops. We have three more workshops tomorrow. And uh, then we have the Evergreen Pass. For 50 bucks, you can have access to the replays into perpetuity, um, and you can watch it anytime on demand. Uh, We also have, for those who have registered, an opportunity for you to join our private community, the Suncast Tribe. We host that on an app called Circle, and uh, you can register uh, to join that private community for a limited time. We actually uh, are giving everyone who joins the Career Summit as a registrant access to that private community, which is normally a paid feature. And uh, I just wanted to highlight that you get access to uh, speakers and other participants in the summit, uh, extra content and workshop workbooks, job postings, candidate pool, and so much more. And access to me and our team who can help you along your career journey. Uh, so thank you for taking the time to do that. Also, thanks to our sponsors, BP or LightSource BP as our title sponsor, Solaris Global as our networking sponsor, Soul Systems as our social media sponsor, and all the other in, uh, individual organizations that you see listed here who have contributed in meaningful ways, our industry and media partners, to helping us coordinate efforts and uh, support this overall event. We're so thankful for you and thankful that you believe in us and have given us uh, a platform and an opportunity to share the message more broadly. Glenda, would yes. you take a moment and introduce our panelists today? Of course. I'm excited to introduce this panel. Uh, it's a mix of uh, amazing people that I know who are, are different parts of their career. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with Caitlin McClowski. Uh, Caitlin is a junior studying chemical engineering at the University of Pennsylvania. She's interested in renewable energy and sustainability with experience as an undergraduate research assistant in a chemistry lab at Penn studying the efficiency of chemical catalysts in carbon dioxide electro electrolysis. Sorry, <laughs> I did not say that very well. <laughs> Welcome, Caitlin. <laughs> hey, Caitlin, good to see you. I think we lost your mic. Oh, audio. Well, as we uh, introduce our other two panelists, Caitlin, why don't you do, uh, see if you can uh, work on your, uh, on your mic there. All right. Um, our next panelist is Miles Brax- Braxton, serves as an associate on Soul Custom Systems Solutions, C&I Solar and Battery Storage Business Development Team. Miles investigates and engages potential clients in emerging solar markets in addition to leading SCS's business-to-business proposal generation in select markets across the country. Welcome, Miles. For having me, Glenda and Nico. Of course. See you, Miles. And our final panelist is Rosina. Rosina is an energy and environmental professional with nearly 15 years of global academic and work experience in the environmental sector. She's a Fulbright scholar. She spent a year in India studying agrarian distress and then completed her master's degree in environment and sustainable development at the University College London. She currently serves as a diversity, equity and inclusion manager for the Clean Energy Leadership Institute in Washington, D.C. And she is also the founder of Ecologic. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Caitlin, can we do another sound check with you real quick? Can you hear me now? Absolutely. There we go. 
Well, Caitlin, uh, why don't we start with you? So the premise of today's session is landing your dream job. And in your case, you're still an undergraduate college student, uh, which represents a lot of opportunity to test, uh, to test out different roles before you figure out where you want to sort of make that first jump. Uh, as a chemical engineering major, uh, it, there are a number of ways that one could try to explore renewable energy. Why don't you uh, help us understand what you've been doing for the last summer and uh, through the current, well, this current summer and how you got your foothold in renewable energy as an intern? Sure. So um, I can go much deeper into detail um, later on about, you know, the specific things that I did, the specific messages I sent. But um, it's been a pretty rocky summer. I mean, kind of for everyone. Um, I actually had a completely different um, opportunity at the beginning of this year. And, you know, no one can predict a global pandemic. So that was unfortunately canceled. And, um, it, you know, I it was a blessing in disguise, though, because that led me to the position that I I eventually found for the summer, which was an intern position at Clean Tech. So I ended up working as a content manager, basically helping to architect the help center for Clean Tech, a solar startup. Um, so, um, yeah, I can go into more detail about how exactly I came across Clean Tech, but long story short, um, I kind of just cold emailed as many people as I could. <laughs> um, I used LinkedIn. I used any networking, um, basically all the networking I could that my school offered, um, sent hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of emails to different professionals, pen alum, and eventually some of them worked. I only got out of those hundreds of messages I sent probably – 10 to 15 responses, which doesn't seem like a good response rate, but it's those responses that ended up working out for me. So, That's right. Um, yeah. If there's anything I've learned from this summer, it's definitely to just keep hustling and mostly just to have an open mind because um, if you would have told me at the beginning of this year that I would be working in this position, I, you know, I, A, wouldn't have believed you. B, might not have been interested originally. Um, my yeah. original position was a bit more technical, um, and this clean tech position was a little bit more on the marketing writing side. But um, you know, I've learned more than I could have imagined about the industry from my clean tech position, and I'm forever grateful for it. So, yeah. Long story short, um, just use all the resources you can and have an open mind. Thank you. Thanks, Caitlin. The uh, Miles, I want to jump to you next, uh, and hopefully uh, the viewers will, under, will see the progression here. Caitlin uh, just expressed how, while during college, she has found her first foothold in renewable energy. And I'll highlight that it's not, uh, it's not necessarily the most intuitive uh, role. It's not something in chemical energy. It's certainly, uh, as she expressed, wasn't her first choice, which COVID uh, changes everything. Um, nonetheless, she put her head down and through persistence found something that worked and we'll hear later about how it helped open her uh open her mind up to the possibilities outside of just the traditional sort of chemical engineering roles that she's been training for miles on the other hand uh it is in his now second 
job, so the career transition. And that career transition is precisely what brought him to Clean Energy Miles. Could you give us a bit of an insight into how you got to Soul Systems? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I can resonate with with Caitlin's uh, story so much. I, I applied to 72 jobs coming out of college and uh, graduated in, in 2018, so not that long ago. Um, and, you know, it was like, you know, one, you know, all you need is one. And and one worked out, uh, started my career at, at a small um, a small company starting a renewable energy division um, and knew that that was what I wanted to silo in. Um, but it was really in sort of like an intern fellowship role post-grad and know I wanted to, you know, be full time in the industry and, and really build my career there. Um, and, you know, I, I, talk to a lot of students about navigating a clean energy career. And really one of the things that you should really look at is, um, you know, in your interviews, you should be interviewing the other people on the other side of the table as well, as much as they're interviewing you. And, um, you know, the company culture wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, and, you know, knew that uh, just through my uh, internships um, throughout college that, that I wanted to be involved in solar and wanted to be in DC and uh, Soul Systems being one of the premier uh, developers um, in DC. Uh, knew that's where I wanted to end up, and uh, I applied and applied. Um, I applied in college. Uh, didn't didn't get an internship. Uh, applied before going to Utility. Didn't get a full time offer. Um, and then finally, when I got some some more experience behind my belt doing something completely different in renewable energy, um, anaerobic digestion, um, you know, I was able to to translate those skills into what I do now at at Soul Systems. So, um, yeah, kind of having an, an end goal or uh, at least the next step in mind and, and thinking what what you need to 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 work to awards to, to get there. So, yeah. Definitely. And we'll, we'll jump into Rosina. She has a, a unique track as well. Um, uh, sh- can you talk a little more about uh, your previous career, uh, your previous path, and also um, what you just founded recently? Sure. Yes. So hi, everyone. Um, so I've been in the environmental space for over a decade and specifically in the solar world for a little over seven years. Um, and currently serve as the diversity, equity, and inclusion manager of the Clean Energy Leadership Institute. And so I've done a lot of education and advocacy work. And, you know, I've learned, I guess I've learned a lot of things, sort of main takeaways, uh, is that in all of the work that I've done, um, just really learning that climate change impacts people. And so, um, you know, a lot of times we see these images of like polar bears or learn about how much carbon is in the atmosphere. While all of those are true and serious topics, people don't always resonate with that. They don't see the connection between the ice caps melting and how that impacts people. So that was something that, you know, was really important for me to really want to bring to the forefront. Um, So as Glenda mentioned in the introduction, um, I spent a year in India where I was um, looking at the take of agrarian distress, which is a nice way of saying farmer suicides. And really um, a lot of that was caused by droughts, which is caused by climate change. And so, yes, there were a lot of other factors, but the truth is these crops didn't grow um, season after season and farmers ended up drinking their last bottle of pesticide because the rains just weren't coming. The pesticides were not effective. So really being able to put a human face to climate change was something that I 
learned was just really important for people to be able to understand why this was such an important topic. And then secondly, um, people don't always respond to like doom and gloom, right? Um, in, you know, climate change is this really big problem and it can be debilitating. So finding ways to make climate change, you know, personal, but then also action oriented. So that's something that I, you know, kind of took my years of experience in the field and um, in all the years that I've, you know, worked in the solar industry doing education um, and decided to start Ecologic, which is a nonprofit organization really committed to inspiring environmental action and bringing people who may not be in the environmental world into the movement. Um, and so it's a very new organization. Um, we received our 501c3 status just this year, late April, and um, you know, coronavirus has been happening. So similar to Caitlin, um, you know, it's been in some ways a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's obviously been challenged because some of the things that we had planned are obviously not able to be done in the way we had envisioned. But you know, really take this time to think creatively about what we can do and really plan for what we want the organization to look like. So that's just sort of an overview. Happy to share more, but um, that's just sort of where I am currently. And I've known from um, personal experience uh, that the passion that that Rosina has for climate change, um, just working with her. I know she was really, really invigorated a good group of people in our in our past um, in our past organization. So I know that passion and she could really help make those changes uh, with not only internally in different organizations, but I'm, it was exciting to see her uh, launch this new nonprofit. Um, so congratulations on that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're on mute, Nico. <laughs> Thanks. My children were screaming in the background. Uh, one of the things that I find is uh, really intriguing about folks who do show persistence and intentionality as uh, both uh, Caitlin and Miles express as a part of their job search is that they tend to be creators. They tend to create their own path. Uh, I'd like to start with Miles because he's got a fun, uh, at least one fun story to tell um, about it. But I'd like to invite all of you to talk about how you've been creative in not only your job search, but your job once you landed in a place to, to try and think through how to craft for yourself specific skills, transferable skills, skills that will help you go to the next level and grow to the next level. But Miles, CELI, the organization we mentioned earlier, awarded you the Jedi Champion Award for 2020. Tell me what that is all about. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Nico. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, you know, awarded for uh, I started a, a speaking series uh, called Navigating a, a Clean Energy Career for Young Professionals of Color um, back in November. Um, had this uh, and it, you know, wasn't initially something that I had set to do. Um, you know, I, I had through a program at Yale financing and deploying clean energy, um, I had, you know, I had the chance to network with a lot of people there. And just so happens that the Dean of Students of um, the uh, School of Forestry, which is now the school of the Yale School of the Environment, um, was walking past his office and 
it was a I, it was a black guy and we immediately hit it off. Um, you know, I was like, I, you know, I haven't seen, you know, many faces that look like you and me in this space. Uh, you know, all week we had like an on campus week um, and we really hit it off. Um, a couple months later, he invited me back uh, to, to speak to students um, and he asked me what I wanted to speak about. Um, and I was like, you know, I think, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to just talk about my experience navigating, um, navigating a career in clean energy and, and how other young professionals of color can do the same. And, um, you know, that that really synergized everything and um, went on to, to speak at a bunch of other universities, uh, Duke, Columbia, um, UNC Clean Tech Summit and a bunch of bunch of other places. And, um, you know, really just harping on that message that, you know, one, um, I think there's the unique, the, the clean energy industry itself is unique in that um, it's still young. It's still a very burgeoning field, you know, compared to investment banking or, you know, a, a big engineering firm or something like that, that, you know, been around since the, the early 1900s. Um, so, you know, just just thinking about how students um, not necessarily thinking about uh, a, a career in clean energy kind of start to think how their skill sets, whether that's in finance or uh, engineering or marketing, can can transition into this industry. And I think, you know, just getting the the industry's name out there and, and really saying that this is a this is a real a real career path, um, yeah. you know, for the financing student that may be uh that, you know, he sees all the top people in his class go to an investment bank. Um, you know, you don't have to if you don't want to. And there's, you know, something a little more uh, ethical and cool that, that you can put your time towards and, and really impact um, the, the world and a lot of a lot of people. So um, that was just the, the message I wanted to get across and, uh, you know, kind of aid that aid that transition. But uh, Rosina and Caitlin, how have you leveraged creativity in your approach to your job or your internship to gain those skills and move up? Um, well, I, um, for example, I've really been enjoying reaching out to different people in the company and just asking to chat with them. So a little coffee chat or a call or something just to, not even necessarily to learn about the job, but just to get to know them, uh, how they got to where they are, any of their advice. Um, I think a big part of that is, I mean, I'm young, I'm 20 years old. I have no experience except for this past summer and I'm aware of that. And I, um, you know, you have to go into it with an open mind and being able to accept, you know, constructive criticism. And that's the only way that, you know, you can learn from that stuff. So, um, yeah, just reaching out to people in different ways, being willing to, have those conversations and adapt and learn and grow from them. That has really helped me to reach out to different people and um, gain a lot of insight from a lot of different people. You know, it's the time of year where folks start moving around from business to business, job to job. Career transition is at its peak. And it's often a time where folks look to someone else to help organize their thoughts and guide their principles. I've spent the last 15 years in renewables, I've spent the last five years coaching founders and startup executives in this space specifically. And for the last year, I've been helping folks transition out of oil and gas and other industries into renewables. And I've found that there are a few things 
that are commonalities. And I'd like to invite you, if that sounds like something you're interested in, to have a conversation with me about whether or not coaching might be in your future and working with me might be something that would help level up your business or your personal career path. You can fill out an application over at mysuncast.com. Just click on the work with me button in the very top right. And everyone who fills out an application, I'm going to set up a 15 minute clarity call. So I'd invite you to run, fill that out. If this sounds remotely interesting to you and let's have a chat, see if there is in fact a fit. I look forward to chatting soon. Thank you so much for tuning into Suncast. Let me know if I can help you in other ways. You know, one thing that I have spent a lot of my thinking about is how to bring into the environmental movement, how to um, get people to care and do things. And so um, one of my biggest creative projects recently has been a play that I wrote. and it's called Love in the Time of Climate Change. And it was a comedy. Uh, you know, it was about sort of following one woman's journey through climate anxiety and also mom dating. And so two not funny topics, but somehow turned into a comedy. And, you know, it just started off sort of as a joke a little bit, as a side project with a couple of friends. Um, and I was just blown away with how well received it was. Um, and through that play, you know, we were able to introduce the intersection between climate change and migration, because often people don't understand the relationship between, you know, climate and migration or, um, race and climate change. And so through this kind of very creative platform, um, we were able to do this and, um, and that was sort of what really, um, inspired the launch of Ecologic, recognizing that there is a need for climate education to be entertaining, but also action oriented. So one thing that we did in the play was we had um, a bill in the play um, that was modeled off an actual bill in Congress. And so when people left, they were able to write letters to their members of Congress that would then be delivered uh, to their representatives. So it was a way for people to learn about something in a sort of lighthearted way and then take immediate action. And, you know, the hope is that they would then inspire to learn about the bill or learn more or something after that. And so uh, that was sort of my way of being creative. And I think it's just shown that there is a need for that. Um, And yeah, I mean, like I said, just blown away with how well received it was. Um, We got some good media attention out of of that and really inspired the start ecologic. That's great. Um, I I think one of the common themes you guys all three of you have actually mentioned the flexibility and adaptability. Um, can you guys touch more about that and how important it is to to really take that into as a skill, honestly, and take that into any of the roles that you've you've come into? We can start with uh, Miles. Yeah, I mean, uh, adaptability is is. Uh, something really, really important and a really good skill set to have. I think uh, I don't know. I don't know what other people call it at um, their their jobs, but but we refer to the solar industry as solar systems as the solar coaster. Um, there's never a dull moment, and there's constantly changing policy um, in in different states, different regions, um, and you always have to stay on your toes. Um, so um, you know, I think I think that's you know a, a transferable skill in in any any industry as well, especially, especially ours where, um, 
where there's still a lot of uh, policy change um, really on a, on a monthly basis. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I know that that goes into all the financial modeling and, and um, you know, different type of design restraints or constraints that, that we have and, um, you know, how we, how we look at project management or permitting in each state. Um, so, I mean, adaptability is a, is a really important skill. I agree with you, Glenda. Yeah, I know, Caitlin, you mentioned it uh, briefly uh, as well in the different positions that you, you've been in already and, and even in, in your current role right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't adapted. Um, even in the past three months with clean tech, I've, I'm, I've completely changed my view on what I want to do or what I want out of a career one day. I mean, like I mentioned, I definitely am a bit more technical, but having this experience with clean tech has made me more interested in the world of startups. It's made me consider the world of business and um, it's taught me stuff that I, and shown me stuff that I never even considered before. So maybe next summer I will do something that is more along these lines. Um, so yeah, I, I have been changing all summer and I expect to change for the rest of my life <laughs> and just see what? where that leads me. Caitlin, one thing that, uh, I know, uh, so I know Robbie, who you worked directly with uh, at Cleantech, uh, he has a lot of experience. He was the CTO at Sonova. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Clean.Tech, it's sort of Robbie's next uh, venture uh, after Sonova. And uh, you got to work directly, not only with Robbie, the CEO, but with a handful of key executives. What did you learn uh, about the way that the startup is uh, environment runs and working directly with key executives that you are uh, that you are sort of incorporating into how you think about the role that you want. That is a fantastic question because it has completely changed what I want out of my my job one day. Just the energy of everyone. Everyone is working so hard and wants it so badly and is so passionate and invested and. I, I love that. I want to be, that is the same, you know, that's the energy that I have. And I, um, you know, I have friends that are, that have amazing internships at giant companies and they're making a ton of money and it's amazing. And I'm sure that they have gained a lot out of it, but you know, they aren't able to, you know, my friend with a Microsoft internship isn't talking to the CEO every day. Um, <laughs> so it's been amazing to be, involved, you know, right in the thick of it and to mm -hmm. see just how excited everyone is about it. And I, I shut my laptop at the end of the day, I go to bed with, you know, feeling energized and inspired. And that is the, it's just the work environment that now that I've experienced it, I don't know if I can ever not experience it. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Miles or Rosina have had similar experiences coming through that you might pass along as wisdom for how to really dig in uh, either early in your career or within a career transition to be able to get that access to people that are at, uh, at I would call it higher levels and certainly more levels of experience. I find a lot of folks reach out to me. I know folks reach out to Rosina as well saying, how'd you do it? What do I need to know? What advice might you pass along? I'll let Rosina go first. 
unless unless you don't have any or they haven't yet. Sure. Like have I can I can share something. Um, I think it kind of goes back to the numbers game, right? You all were talking about you know how many jobs you have to apply to or how many emails you have to send before you get anything, and I think similarly, um, there are you know a lot of people you're just gonna have to contact, and the worst thing that could happen is they don't. Really but what I have found is more than likely people are willing to talk to you. And especially in this, I think people are genuinely, um, you know, wanting to do good, wanting others out. So I try your luck, reach to people. I think LinkedIn is a great platform for that. But often, um, you know, who can you connect to that already knows someone? Um, I'm part of the Clean Energy Leadership Institute. I'm going to plug that one more time because I do think it is such a wonderful network of people and just such a good group of people, committed, really smart people in the energy world. And, um, you know, just a way for you to get involved um, with the industry by just kind of tapping into one person. And you know, often what you'll find is you'll have a conversation with someone that will lead to two or three other conversations. And so um, I would just say, try your luck, even if you feel like, you know, they're just so much, you know, ahead in their career, um, more often than not, they are willing to talk to you. And, um, you know, I think there's always a good exchange. Like, don't feel like you're too early on in your in your career. Um, you probably have something to add to them as well. So reach out to people and reach out to new people who can connect you to the people that you want to talk to. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Rosina. Uh, next, uh, LinkedIn is a, is a great tool um, for virtual networking. Um, you know, I... I use I use LinkedIn as an example, and uh, I am a, a certified uh, LinkedIn stalker. Um, and <laughs> I think it's okay to be a LinkedIn stalker. Um, you know, if you're if you're building your network and you know getting to know people, um, you know don't don't just stalk somebody and like not not reach out and they see you're looking at their page once a day. Um, but, you know, reach out, see if, you know, you can gain any insight. Um, and then if you're looking to apply for a certain uh, position as well, um, you know, connect with people in that position um, at, you know, various companies and see what they're doing, what their what their day to day looks like, you know, what what skills they use on a day to day. Um, and that, that gives you great insight in, in how to build your skill set to, to fit that role that, you know, you hope to be in. So that's that's some advice that I, I give some uh, early career and uh, students looking looking to transition into the industry as well. I mean, that that's that's a great tip for us in the industry and who's been in the industry for many years, too. I mean, I think LinkedIn is huge. Um, and speaking of connections, uh, Miles, you spoke also about someone you've met on you met on campus who, who helped uh, in your career. Um, how important is mentorship in, in this whole process of finding your positions? Yeah, uh, mentor mentorship is huge. Um, and, you know, I think. You just you just have to really be be humble about it and and know, you know, know what you don't know um, or don't know what you don't know and realize that, you know, there are a lot of uh, things that you can add to your tool belt, no matter, um, you know, no matter how much space you think you have on it. Um, so I've had a lot of great mentors along the way. 
um, that that kind of helped build me up in my career. Uh, Gil- Gilbert Campbell f- is is an example of one um, who's now on the the board of of SIA and uh, is one of the co-founders of, of Vault Energy. Um, I, I reached out to him when I was in college uh, to see if I could intern with him, and he was like, "Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we can try and set up something for you." And I think I think I interned for him, you know, for like two weeks, uh, but it was just a great a great connection and um, someone who's, who's still a mentor today and uh, helped me land a position at Soul Systems, having worked with them and uh, knowing Yuri, the founder, really well. So, um, you know, you never know where your where your network can take you. Um, yep. I'll Caitlin, just add to that. Oh, go ahead. Where is Ina? I was just going to add, um, you know, sometimes a mentor doesn't necessarily need to be this like formal mentor. It could just be someone that you kind of go to for advice here and there. Um, And so I think it's always a good idea to um, kind of keep um, positive porn relationship with people even after you leave a job um, because they might be someone that you come back to later, but it doesn't have to be like official title. You know, it's just someone that you reach out to um, and you're there for as well. Caitlin, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, I was just going to say those are all really great tips. And it's stuff that, um, you know, I'm learning over time, too. So maybe something, maybe a message that I would have sent to someone at the beginning of this year isn't the same way I would go about it today. Or, um, yeah, I guess just um, I also really resonate um, with the sentiment that it doesn't have to be like formal mentor it can just be someone that you go to for advice every now and then or you know someone from an old job that you just kind of kept in contact with um and I'm kind of learning that right now I'm experiencing that right now as I um start school and I am working less with clean tech but you know you never you never burn any bridges you just um you just learn as much as you can from everyone make good relationships keep those relationships and yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, the, the thing that uh, stands out for me is that everyone's journey is unique. Um, but everyone uh, has to start at the same place, which is identifying your passion, figuring out how and where you want to play a role in the industry and spending time uh, researching. So I'd love to know, apart from LinkedIn uh, and becoming uh, a, a stalker of Miles on that platform, how can uh, how can we help others with resources? What tools uh, have have been really important for helping you? Uh, and Caitlin, I think maybe you've probably um, had to learn more than anybody this year. I'd love to hear what tools have informed the way that you think about growing your career, but also have helped you gain terminology, have helped you uh, figure out the lexicon and the architecture of this industry as opposed to some other industry you might have been involved in? Hmm. Um, yeah, definitely LinkedIn. Have definitely clocked a lot of hours on LinkedIn, and that has just helped me to, um, you know, just see different people's backgrounds, see different people's paths, how they went about it. Um, even just listening to... Um, podcasts or reading different books or talking to family friends. Um, it all just, you, you're constantly absorbing new information about how, first of all, the workforce works. Um, in my case, you know, just getting started in the workforce in general, but, and then, 
you can focus in on your interests and your passions. So listening to podcasts that are related to the solar industry or, um, you know, reading books, watching seminars, watching YouTube videos. I went on a kick where I was obsessed with Elon Musk. So I think I watched every single interview he's ever done in the past 10 years on YouTube. But um, even just listening to that showed me how his mind works and how other CEOs' minds work. So yeah, just kind of um, digesting information from all different sources. I'd like to mention three uh, really good resources that I, well, two two that I look at, uh, publications that I look at often. Um, I think Green Tech Media and uh, PV Magazine have been great. Uh, you know, I, I didn't start my career in solar and kind of you know, learning kind of that lingo and, um, you know, just the basic stuff, you know, power purchase agreements and what those actually are and how they work um, and how they can how they can get better. Um, and, you know, just the, the whole energy infrastructure. Um, I think, you know, they do a great job of uh, releasing, you know, great content to talk about specific companies and what they're doing. Um, and, you know, how they're integrating energy storage and um, things like that. So that's uh, those are two really good resources. Um, and I recently completed a, a, a year long program uh, certificate program at Yale called Financing and Deploying Clean Energy. Um, and that was that was a great program um, with some you know industry leaders uh, really talking about uh, clean energy policy, uh, innovation, finance. Um, you know, Richard Kaufman, the, the chair of the uh, board at NYSERDA, um, was was one of our module leads. Um, Dan Gross, who's like the, the father of clean energy finance, was a, a big, um, was a, you know, led a module there. So just, you know, building building the network through that and, and learning uh, a lot of skills that are, you know, d- directly uh, transferable to, to the job I do now was, was really helpful. So definitely would recommend that to, to people interested in building their clean energy career. I'm going to echo a lot of what was said. There are so many amazing podcasts out there. So um, definitely um, a lot of good stuff out there. Um, newsletters. So just kind of finding the right newsletters, whether it's, you know, like so specific newsletters. Um, and then if people are active on Twitter, there's something called Energy Twitter, which is a great way to kind of engage with industry leaders and active in the industry who all have opinions about, you know, policies. It's always very fresh and you kind of get to stay up to date with um, what's happening in the energy world because that often does not make mainstream media. Um, and then listservs. I mean, I lived in D.C. for a while and there's something called, you know, like the D.C eco-women listserv. And so you kind of find out about events and jobs. I mean, that's just one of so many. So um, there's just a lot of resources out there. I like that um, when when you mentioned uh, energy Twitter, Nico and I just nodded at the same time. It's like, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing a resource, honestly, just following that, following that hashtag. Um, I, Aside from Suncast Media, of course, <laughs> I know you and Caitlin have mentioned podcasts. Can you can you guys, uh, at least for the viewers, share some of the podcasts specifically that you guys listen to? Sure. Um, one of my favorites is called The Energy Gang. 
Um, so that is one um, that they, you know, often talk about current events happening in the energy world. Um, another one that I really like is political climate, I believe. Um, and it's moderated by um, Julia Piper, and there's a Republican and a Democrat um, as the co-host. So they kind of talk about things, um, sort of how the two sides view things happening. So that's a really good one to listen to. Um, and then Dr. Diana Johnson, I believe. Um, I just listened to the first one that she, um, her and her co-host, whose name I am forgetting. Um, I think it's called How to Save a Planet. Um those are top three, uh, top of mind right now that I'll mention. Yeah, I was actually going to say the Energy Gang, and um, they didn't ask me to plug this, but I actually am binging the Suncast podcast right now. <laughs> um, there's, you know, hundreds of episodes. So I started from the beginning, and then there was I was listening to them in order, and then. Um, I, there was a super interesting topic like just a couple weeks ago. So now I'm listening to them in reverse chronological order. So I'm still trying to get through all of those. But yeah, that's been my listen recently. Appreciate it. Actually, I'll, I'll note that Caitlin uh, told me that about a week ago. And you're one of the few people I've heard who've gone all the way back to the beginning with this idea of like, I'm going to binge from the beginning. Um, so that's awesome because it's so different now than it was back in the beginning uh, in terms of scope and in terms of production quality and everything. So <laughs> it's always fun to hear. Uh, I I actually will, ship, will jump in there and echo. Um, oh, and for those, I'm not sure there's some sort of a, an audio artifact. Uh, it kind of sounds like it might be my keyboard, which I would be guilty of most of the time, um, but it's not. So apologize if you're hearing the clicking in the background, not sure what's happening there. Um, but we'll uh, hopefully it'll it'll uh, alleviate soon. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, polyclimate and uh, Julia and the work that they're doing. Um, Julia Piper, fantastic uh, journalist. Energy Gang, um, those guys are Catherine Hamilton, Jigger Shaw, um, and Stephen Lacey uh, are OGs. Like I started my podcast after listening for so long to them. Um, there are some really fantastic. Uh, subject matter podcasts that are in the solar space that I'll share. One is uh, Experts Only. Uh, another CLI uh, mentor is uh, John Powers uh, from Clean Capital. He has a really, really good podcast that gives insight into buyers and how, uh, how specifically renewable energy buyers and the infrastructure around that uh, works. That's one that I would give as a, as a tip. I listen to outside of the renewable energy business, um, Specifically, I listen to how I built that. Probably if I have any particular um, pod crush, it would be Guy Raz. So uh, if you listen to the there's a pretty good chance it's going to sound something uh, akin to how I built that just from how many episodes I've listened to. Uh, and, and one practical one that I try to share um, that I think is a really killer resource. Um, I'm a marketer and uh, Neil Patel and Eric Sue have daily podcasted for the last four years in a, a podcast called Marketing School. And it is five minutes every day that is just absolute gold. Uh, so if you're trying to just up your game from a marketing perspective, I highly recommend uh, that one. And there's a lot of tips in there uh, that I think are applicable to the job search and career growth. And in particular, Rosina, that would be good for you, uh, anyone who's starting a business. Like if you're starting a business, marketing is the fundament, fundamental building block. Sounds good. I'll have to check it out. Thanks. 
as we round out here, I would love to hear uh, any uh, final thoughts on advice for folks that are still trying to find that internship. They're currently in their first or maybe their only job. Maybe it's not five years, it's uh, 25 years, but they're trying to figure out how to transition away from, let's say, oil and gas or high tech into clean energy. What, t- what advice might you have for them? We shared a wealth of information here, but any final thoughts that uh, maybe something that you, you left uh, on the table still? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be happy to, to share. Um, just think about transferable skills and, you know, how, how the skills that, that you've developed, you know, whether that be in business development with, uh, a, a marketing company, um, how that can translate to, to a role, um, in, in clean energy and, and be intentional about how you, how you express that in your, in your cover letter. Um, and in your cover letter, I think you should, you know, definitely express three things, um, really verbatim. Um, one, you know, why, why are you interested in, in that role? Um, two, why are you interested in that company? Um, and then three, why, why, how do you, um, what skills do you have that would translate well, um, to, you know, where you would be a great fit in that role and in that company. Um, so I, I, I definitely talk about that a lot and, um, you know, just being, just being really, really intentional and, um, you know, in describing, you know, your skills and how they can translate into a, into a, a role in clean energy. Yeah, that's great. Um, I'll just add that, um, I think the sort of guiding light for me throughout my career has been, you know, being passionate about the industry and about the work that needs to be done. And I think, um, you know, a lot of people in the industry, you know, understand the climate challenge that we face. And that's why they're sort of motivated by the industry um, and working in the industry. So um, just kind of let be the guy light. Um, and I mean, in addition to the transferable skills, but just kind of recognizing that the work is so important and there's um, like work for, you know, there's, we can make work for everyone who wants to join um, the movement. Yeah. And going off of that, um, you know, if you, if it is something you really enjoy, you will kind of naturally just make the most of it. So I've been saying all night about, um, you know, having an open mind and making the most of whatever situation you're in. So that as well as, you know, just showing your passion and having that passion for whatever you're doing, um, that just, that allows you to make the most of whatever opportunity presents itself to you. Well, hopefully, my computer uh, and my internet here are stabilizing. It's intermittent. Can you guys hear me okay? Yep. All right. Fantastic. Internet still works here in Mexico. I have really enjoyed uh, this session. In particular, uh, it's great to be able to hear from three uh, similar but different perspectives, sort of three uh, uh, perspectives that span uh, not yet had first job, in second job and fully developing a career 15 years long in the industry and how that can mold and evolve what you think of is uh, as a uh, as a dream job i think that dream job is a myth uh and that there's a lot of work that goes in to any job um but there can be something that fuels your passion and it's clear to me that uh all three of you have uh, have the passion for uh, being really persistent to attack a problem and 
if that problem is finding a job or saving the planet, uh, it takes resourcefulness and persistence, diligence, creativeness. I love the whole idea of creating uh, a play that would uh, that would represent how uh, how this is all unfolding for us in our lives. Um, that's a, I, love, I love the imagery of that, Rosina, and that gives a call to action that brings it out of the theater into the theater of life. The things that we're trying to tackle here in clean energy uh, will not only impact our lives and those of our children, but if we're to leave anything to appreciate for generations to come, the work that we do matters now. And if you're not engaged in work that matters and you've been watching for the last two days and you're wondering how you can transition, uh, I hope that you've been taking notes. Uh, tomorrow, we will have uh, two sessions that I think will be super helpful for those of you that have all access pass. And that is a session specifically driving home this reality of transferable skills that Miles uh, and Rosina hit on so, um, so candidly and uh, tactically. And we, and we follow that with a, uh, a LinkedIn session specifically around two areas, uh, how to, how to uh, bring your profile to, to a place where folks are noticed, where you're noticeable and folks are noticing you, and how to craft your engagement and content strategy on LinkedIn to, to be relevant, to make connections that matter, and to find your community, find your tribe uh, on LinkedIn. And the last workshop for those of you uh, who are still trying to unpack how do I adapt uh, my company's hiring strategy and our growth process um, to uh, to a diverse, inclusive, and equitable uh, lens, you'll want to tune in because Tamika from Mass Clean Energy Center is going to bring it all home with an unconscious bias workshop, specifically, which she's given to hundreds of companies, but specifically to help uh, Oh, make us aware of the things that we aren't aware of, those unconscious biases that direct inadvertently uh, our decisions, our hiring processes and practices, et cetera. Uh, I want to say thank you to Caitlin, Rosina, and Miles for joining us. Thank you to Glenda for putting such a fantastic show together. Thanks for being thank here. You. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having Absolutely. And thank you as well, because you're here. And uh, and if it wasn't for you watching, we would not have presence. We wouldn't have a show to put on. And we're grateful that you've given us your time. As I've said, it's the only non-renewable resource that you could give. And it, it, it therefore is invaluable. I hope that you have taken away uh, some helpful hints. Uh, again, if you have not registered and you're still watching us uh, live on LinkedIn, you can go to suncastcareersummit.com and check out uh, all of the other sessions. You can register there and you'll get access to our private community, which is available to uh, all of you, the hundreds of you who have registered for our show uh, are, are now eligible to jump into our Suncast tribe where you can communicate with Glenda and Rosina and Miles and Caitlin and so many other speakers and guests who have joined in to the discussion over on the tribe. Uh, thank you so much to LightSource, BP, Soul Systems, Solaris Global, and many, many other companies who helped bring this entire show to fruition. And thank you to uh, our team. Thanks to the team at Suncast Media, Glenda Johnson, Ludovic Mylard, Alex Murillo, 
Uh, even uh, I had an old colleague pop in uh, and give us a hand, Farah Mohammed Zadeh. Thank you, Farah, for helping as well, taking notes and coordinating everyone. Uh, thanks to Caitlin as well, who jumped in uh, last minute to help us uh, with a few things as well. Um, so we're so grateful to everyone who's contributed to the Career Summit. We hope you'll tune in for our last uh, publicly available final session tomorrow, which is all about a program that I started this last uh, during the pandemic called the Case Study Inside the Job Seeker Experience. Folks who are actually going through the process. Uh, and getting jobs in clean energy uh, with the help of the Suncast Media team and with the help of the mentors that we've brought to bear. Um, we're, we, have, we have had the goal of taking candidates from being outside observers in the industry to hired in clean tech in a quarter, right? So in a 12-week period, uh, we launched the, the, job case, the Dream Job Case Study group in August, and you'll get to hear from some of the candidates that participated as well as uh, one other candidate. Uh, a candidate who came through the Solaris Global Network and his job experience, the, the importance of persistence, transferable skills, and finding your passion uh, so that you can get into the career that you so, uh, so earnestly desire, no matter where you're at in your career progression. All right, that's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors, but I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.